Bring a sweater, Lady and Elena's archival research adventure. A podcast series about spending our summer with 17th and 18th century documents. Hello everyone, today Lady and I are at the George Washington Birthplace National Monument, GWA as we've been calling it, and we are here with Miss Amy Maraca, the Chief of Cultural Resource Management. How are you today, Amy? Great, thanks. How are you all? Good. Doing amazing. Yeah, we're excited <laughs> to have you on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. So it is a beautiful day out here in Westmoreland County, Virginia, everybody. And we are absolutely honored to have Amy here as our first guest speaker on the show mm-hmm. ever. Um, and it's great. So we're going to just jump right in. Um, so as we said before, um, Amy is GWA's Chief of Cultural Resource Management. And you do have other backgrounds and other things as well in other fields that you've done in your past. Um, so kind of you can kind of give us a brief description of what it is you do here at GWA, you know, um, and what life is like for you here. Wow. Okay. How long do you have? How long do you have? (laughs) So, um, well, it's interesting. So I am the Chief of Cultural Resource Management, which means that all of the resources here that have anything to do with somebody um, come under my purview. So um, I work with archaeologists. I work with museum curators. I work with um, anthropologists and ethnographers. I work with cultural landscape people, historic structures. Um, So anything here that was man-made Um, comes to me. So my job is pretty varied. Mm -hmm. Um, The archives and the uh, museum collection do fall under me. Um, So that's kind of cool. And hopefully all those things inform each other. They're not out there hanging in space by themselves, obviously. Um, But it does it does lead to um, schizophrenia on some days. (laughs) Like what what am I working on today? Uh, It varies and it's it makes it super interesting. Because no day, no day is ever like the day before, right. um, and so and there's always something new to find out. So it's good stuff. It's exciting. Yeah, it it's is cool. Because it's uh, so for us for the past four or five weeks, we've been on the researcher end of things. We're the ones receiving all the information and trying to decipher everything as much as we can. So it's cool to be able to get the perspectives of you know the one on the other side of the end who's providing that for us. Absolutely. No, and it's great to have you guys here. So as you know, um, I worked to get you guys here before you even thought about coming. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. No, it's thrilled. Um, so I've worked with Phil for a long time, who is um, working on the historic resource study, Dr. Phil Levy, um, for, yes, yeah, um, for George Washington Birthplace National Monument. And we're really excited to have Phil um, being sort of a more formal partner. We've done some other things before. Um, he and I um, worked on another project on building X which is an 18th century foundation in the historic area um, that has a past that we're not quite sure about all the details on yet. So it's a little bit of a mystery building, so that's pretty exciting. Um, So my job really now, although I used to do research, is now I'm the facilitator of bringing in the researchers. Um, so So yeah, so I try and identify what we need, what work we need to get done and who would be the best fit and how we can go about funding them. Sometimes I have to put in what we call um, PMIS statements, um, which is the way we get project funding here. Um, And so we have to look at cooperative agreements um, with universities and um, 
other kind of academic institutions. Oh. Um, or we can go through contracting um, to get the people that we need. Or, you know, there's a, there's a couple different ways to do it, but you have to work the system. And I'm the person, I'm like, I'm like the guy from Oz that is behind the curtain, you know, <laughs> like working the levers and trying to get the money to the right people at the right time. And, and so everybody else gets to go out and do the fun stuff. But, um, but what, it, what it means is that we get to bring great information back and to, to use for our resources here. So That's really cool. Yeah. That's, awesome. yeah. That's so cool. That's awesome. So it's like you're kind of, you know, the middle person of like what comes in and what comes out and, you know, and being able – once all the information is in and, you know, figure it out and organize, you find the way to execute it for the public. Exactly. That no, that's really exactly cool. right. Yeah, that's no. Awesome. So we either then we know for certain things like say it's a historic structures report or something, we know um, what needs to be done on that building to, to maintain it or to, to um, restore it, mm -hmm. um, and then we have to go out again and get a different pile of money to try and bring <laughs> other people in that that's their specialty, and then they can um, they can make the building new new looking again, right? Or like. Um, get rid of rotted wood if that's the case and repaint it and and whatever else needs to be done so yeah so it's it is trying to keep all these plates spinning at the same time mm -hmm. because you you want to be as efficient as possible so as we're getting done for instance with a historic resource study we may um, have something else planned that spins off of that information yeah. at the same time we have somebody looking at our historic structures, and then we're gonna try and ask for some money to then repair those historic structures. So it's a constantly so moving So it's a constant moving thing. thing, right. In fact, I just went over something today for my boss where um, we're looking five years out. Like, what's our five-year plan? I say five years, but it's actually more than that because we're starting with 2022 now because 2021 is already in. So every time we ask for money, it's at least, you know, it's usually, and I shouldn't say at least, usually, on average, it's three years out. Wow. So yeah, you have to have like sort of that big picture thing going on. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot to like keep track of. So yeah, <laughs> that's, that's neat. Cause I mean, we we were speaking um, before is with a project like this, it's easy to get kind of blinded and like focused on the small details. So to see the bigger picture is right. Really, yeah. still really important. Oh, absolutely. But I'm, they both work together, right? Because yeah. yeah, like, true. if you don't keep your eye on the small picture, I don't get what I need. Yeah. So exactly. everybody has to, yeah, we all have different roles, but it all comes together pretty well most of the time. Yeah. So. Absolutely. That's so, beautiful. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's great. So um, I know we've had to utilize your collection here. Um, do you, can, do you mind just talking about that? Like what sort of things you have that, you know, the difference between like the archival collection and the rest of the collection sure we actually have several types of collections here so everything we have actually a natural resource collection here there's um because we do both natural resource and cultural resources here so we have people that do baseline um, inventories of all the bugs that are here right wow. so yeah. yeah super cool Elena's um, favorite no thank you <laughs> <laughs> that would be the day I call in sick yeah <laughs> We have also we have bees that are currently at the Smithsonian. They were part of a larger study that wow. um, you know. So all of this is again to you know the Park Service not only looks at cultural um, things but really looks at the natural environment, um, and we're working on um, some climate change um, issues now wow. and trying to figure out okay so if this is the baseline of bugs now where do we go from there? Yeah. Enough on bugs, but um, <laughs> but they are pretty cool. So um, because why were people here? Because there were natural resources here, which brought the people here, which right. you know. So right. you know they're all really connected. 
Um, we also have, you know, like museum collections um, that really relate back to the 1930s, a lot of them, when, mm -hmm. they, were, when they were first started. Um, and that was to um, furnish the Memorial House Museum, which was a building constructed to memorialize George Washington or his birthplace. Um, it's not based on historical accuracy in that we don't have any idea what that building actually looked mm -hmm. like, yeah. um, but it's instead a, a, a building meant to commemorate him and his family. Um, and so they furnish that. We have all these period furnishings from all over the place, colonial period mm -hmm. for the most part into the early 19th century. Um, so we take care of those. Um, we take care of the archaeological collections that are here. Um, so there have been several episodes of testing throughout the park. Um, some excavations in the 70s, um, mm -hmm. some in the 30s. Um, and so we, we take care of all of those collections. Um, and we're fortunate enough to bring other researchers in to, to look at some of those collections, like the John Washington collection, who would be George's great-grandfather, um, or Henry Brooks, who was the first English patentee here. Um, both those sites were dug, and so they went really nicely with a larger study that Julie King got money for through the NEH. And so um, we like putting our stuff in that bigger context, right. um, also sharing the information that we have. And again, we share with other people, and it ends up coming back to us and helping us inform um, the interpretation staff, which can inform the public. So it's this big thing where we're not just getting knowledge for knowledge's sake. We really, at the Park Service, really want to disseminate that information in a very, um, you know, several ways, right? Um, either through exhibits or through guided interpretation or through um, publications and things like that. So it's really important to us that we, uh, we work for the public and so we want to get that information back out to the public. Um, and then we also have archival collections. Um, which have to do with either the founding of the park, mm -hmm. um, which are pretty fascinating stuff. You go back and read about, you know, decisions that were made in the 1930s and why this was there and that mm -hmm. wasn't and um, what the superintendent was thinking and, um, you know, what management decisions were made, which, again, for us in Virginia is particularly interesting because um, George Washington Birthplace was a segregated park at the time, right? Wow. During the, well during the time of Jim Crow, yeah, right? right yeah. So, you know, looking at all of that, and we have somebody else from the University of Mary Washington that's um, trying to look at, um, we're, again, one of a number of parks that, um, looking at how parks functioned in the 1930s and 40s and, and under Jim Crow, what did that mean um, for the different populations and communities that um, were connected to us? Wow. So, yeah, that'll be awesome. Um, really looking forward to that. Um, and then there's the Wakefield National Memorial Association, who were um, the group that found, well, yeah, sort of founded the park before it got turned over to the, um, to the Park Service. Um, they're the ones that are responsible for all the colonial revival architecture that's up in the historic area. Okay. Um, and so, um, sorry, to round that out, um, yeah, yeah uh, so those archives are awesome. We also have a few things that relate to the Washingtons. Um, or, you know, earlier um, inhabitants, um, not earlier than the Washingtons, but earlier than the 1930s mm -hmm. um, that were here, maps and drawings and um, a survey or two and things like that. So, cool stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Too much information? No, never. I mean, never. It just never shows how dynamic the, this place and as well as your job is. I mean, it, it's, it involves a lot of different constituencies and, you know, mm -hmm. the public bureaucracy mm -hmm. there's 
there's a lot going on. So there's a lot going on. And I think a lot of people, I know I didn't understand that before I came here. You know, you just right go to the national park. You know, it seems yeah. so cut and dry, but it's right. There's a lot going on. It's very true, and it, I think you know, coming from you and hearing it from you and seeing you know all the things that are involved. And just the the thought process and the process of just executing all of it with the central intention of, you know, presenting it to the public and making sure it's all available and, like, creating that basis for other researchers to get more information to make it more available for the public. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a part of the entire, like, interaction that people don't really realize or, or talk about. And so I think it's really cool that, you know, we can talk to you about this right now and kind of really learn about what the NPS does and what roles they they have in the entire system to just to make this available for our history. And I think that's really cool. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. No, there is there is a lot going on behind the scenes. That's for sure. People yeah. come and usually they go maybe to a visitor contact station or a, a visitor center and you know have a little bit of an interaction with um, maybe the interpretation staff, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're sort of the front line of yeah. you know visitor yeah. contact, but but there there is a lot going on behind the scenes to try and like you said to preserve and protect. That's our that's our mission, right? Mm-hmm. We're we're set to preserve and protect these places um, for the enjoyment of the American public, and you know also um, to make sure that they survive into the next century, right? Generations. Yes. Oh, so yeah. to do that, there's a lot of things that need to to keep going on. It's, I don't no, there's it's, just there's just so much, you know. It's like a little city behind the scenes, exactly. you know. Like we're in your we're sitting in your office right now and there's binders all over the place and there's like it's really cool. Like there's just there's papers and there's so many things involved in that, you know, people just don't see this part. Right. And that's really crazy. Cool. So now that we've established like just how large the collection <laughs> is, what is it like to manage a collection like that? So luckily I have help. Yes. I don't do it all by myself. <laughs> because I wouldn't get there. But yeah, it's, um, so archival collections and museum collections take a lot more work, again, than people understand. Mm -hmm. Um, Every time you take, we're very careful about what we bring into the collection, because every time you make a commitment to that little guy, it is forever and ever and ever. Um, Rarely do you deaccession something. Um, So it's a commitment, like both in terms of space um, and in terms of money because when it needs to be conserved um, that takes money Um, it's also a commitment in terms of space um, because you know we have a sort of a limited footprint of how much stuff um, we can care for it also is a commitment um, in terms of personnel again it's like you know you have to accession it and catalog it and clean it and you know like put it you know take it out put it on exhibit move it around use the database use the um, files and so there's there's all again it's one of those things where there's a lot more behind the scenes you know people will say we'll just do a new exhibit it's like do you know (laughs) what that involves you know which would be fabulous and it is totally fun and it's awesome you know Mm -hmm. just starting from the conception of what you want you know what themes you want to get across or what information and then trying to figure out the best way to do that and figure out, you know, what artifacts would really represent things, um, ideas that you want. Um, but, yeah, it's like, again, um, it, there's a lot more to, mm-hmm. to doing it. Than, so it's, it's really a time commitment. Um, yeah. And things yeah. take longer than people expect them to. Mm-hmm. So you just have to be really sort of conscious of what else is going on and sort of set your, your deadlines so that, you know, you've given everybody an answer. And right. it's something that you can you can do and get done. 
so that's so true i think a lot of people don't realize especially in collection like like i personally like i mean well maybe for the public's you know mindset they think you know you just get the thing and you put it out there you make a label you know and you present it you know and yeah you're creating a story with the exhibit but it's also just like when you're putting it back into the collection you don't have to think about you know the environment that it's sitting in you have to think about how much money that'll take to actually keep it you know preserved or like the materials you need to keep it preserved and like keeping track of everything there's just so much time consuming and like an effort and you know um and like so much involvement in the object itself and then when you have thousands of objects in the collection mm-hmm. there's just so much involved when you know when you're creating an exhibit and i think you know it's never as simple as it seems never yeah right i mean it would be great if it was right we right yeah. it'd be change, so fun you change things out all the time yeah that's right that's right that's right but you're right i mean you do have to be really um careful and the environment like you mentioned is really important the environment and storage um, and again, we have everything from natural resource collections to furniture that's, you know, 250, 300 years old, um, documents that are old, mm-hmm. ceramics, glass, um, rocks, bricks, Native American objects. Um, and so all those things survive really well at different temperatures or different humidity. Yeah. And so you have to find like, okay, so where's sort of the common ground that, you know, there's gotta be like this sweet spot where we can, you know, um, make sure that everything is in the best possible yeah. um, climate. And then, like you said, we have to, sorry, somebody's trying to get me. Um, <laughs> and then you have to um, make sure that um, when you move objects, right, that they don't get broken. You know, you have to have stuff to pad them. You have to have the right boxes to carry them in or baskets. You have to have um, mylar to put down between so surfaces aren't, you know, yeah. um, rubbing up against each other and, and spreading bad stuff. And so, yeah, it's like, okay, do we have this? Do we have this? Mm-hmm. Do we have this? It's like it's like a, a master planning thing. That takes a team. Yeah, definitely. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, couldn't do this alone. Absolutely not. That's so cool. So how many people are on your team? So my team right now, um, I have Deanna Brown, who is our museum technician. Um, and she does amazing things with um, the collection. She monitors the, the environments um, in all the places that the objects are either exhibited or stored. Um, she keeps track of them on a database. She's got, um, uh, like I said, physical care of the objects. Mm-hmm. And also we do, every year we have um, annual inventories. So we have to go find things and mm-hmm. to make sure that we're accounting for everything because it's federal property. Yeah. Um, so she takes care of all the museum um, documentation, all the reporting requirements, all those kinds of things. So she's busy. Um, and then I'm lucky enough also to have another part-time person that comes over from interpretation. Her name's Deb Lawton. She also has training in museums. Um, and what she does for me really is um, she's sort of like... Um, I have various projects that are spinning and you may need to go more in depth on like the National Register. There were some records that we need a clarification on, so I might throw that to her. Or it might be like we just put up a little tiny display in the Memorial House Museum um, for the 4th of July and so you know she got that. Or we were part of the, uh, it was a pilot program for the Northeast region. Um, for the Historic House Museum study where um, four sites were chosen and we got together and you know Historic House Museums as I'm Mm -hmm. sure you're aware um, are 
like their visitorship is decreasing for a number of reasons and there are some really you know there's I won't even touch on that because everybody knows what's going on but um, there's a, a lot to consider and the Park Service again because of who we are and sort of the um, the ways we get money and the ways you know we, we are under law policy regulation it takes us a little bit longer so getting together with three other sites it's like well you know how do you do this how does this work look at my stuff what do you think it, mm -hmm. does this make sense to you and right. um, how can we move forward how can we tell a story better how can we include people that haven't been included before yeah. which is uh, you know a big um, thing for us so um, that's really helpful when you can get together with other people that do what you do yeah um, that Pure doesn't happen everyone mm -hmm. thinks the same and they're all you know going towards the same goal yeah yeah Absolutely. but you get like creative new ideas right and right. so you're like hey I can do that that's great. That's awesome. Sure. So do you have any favorite items in the collection? Yeah, for sure. Um, so probably my favorite is there's a little um, amulet that's a drilled out tooth. Um, and I'd love to do a little more research on that. But I, I think um, it was found in a context that's very interesting. And it has, um, it appears to be European or African. Okay. Um, so think that I, what I love about it is it was personal, right? It was probably mm -hmm. drilled out to be worn. Um, and so whenever you get to touch like somebody through time, that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, you know, I mean, you realize people make, you know, like, okay, that bowl, it was made by somebody and okay, that furniture was, you know, somebody sat there and that's great. It's mm -hmm. very cool. But when you have like a item of like personal adornment, mm -hmm. sweet, right? That's so cool. Cause we've, we've actually had moments where we talk about you know us working with the documents and we were like being we're interacting with these documents so much and you really gain a personal relationship with the people who also like Absolutely. either wrote down the document or like also interacted with it so and I'm sure for you like working with these collections all the time you must have those sort of feelings with different objects too absolutely yeah, and handwriting's another one of those things, or maps that are really cool, right? Surveys, mm -hmm. something that somebody like, they're like, hmm, and they, they're like, their thoughts like pouring out onto a page, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's like, it's not only them processing something, but it's them like physically committing it down mm -hmm. um, to something that's gonna last and gets it gets passed forward, and you're like, holy cow, that's really cool, right? Because yeah. um, like I said, it's not just a thing, it seems to have a little bit of, you know, its own story. So. Yeah, there's a life behind it. And there's Absolutely. a person behind it. And yeah. It's really cool that I think we all share that, yeah. those experiences. And Absolutely. Really cool. Yeah. And that's one of the really cool things about archives, right? It's like, mm -hmm. I mean, so handwriting, which can be incredibly frustrating, right? Sometimes, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. you're, you're trying to look at somebody's handwriting and you're like, what are you saying? Yeah, Speak you to mad. me. Yes, right? Like, come on, man, penmanship is what I'm saying. I know. Slow, just people, slow are gonna down. Be, people are going to be reading this hundreds of years later, like, come on. Did you not know that? Come I know. On. How dare you have no yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So, you know, there's, there's that. Um, but it is, there's like all these people, you know, yeah. and um, we have this one cookbook or our receipt book, right? Um, probably early 19th century. Um, and, you know, the documentation we have is like, it belonged to this person. But if you go in and look, there's like four different handwritings in there. Oh. So you're like, what the heck's going on there, you know? Yeah. Maybe it's a family thing, right? Maybe it's like yeah. a mom, a daughter, wow, a granddaughter, awesome. somebody, mm -hmm. something, right? You know? So there's a story there that, you know, we haven't, we haven't put that together yet, but that's pretty cool. That's really interesting. It is really cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, and some of it obviously is, you know, like homemade um, medicinal recipes, right? And and some of them there's, you know, three types of gingerbread or whatever, and mm-hmm. you know, like whose is the best? And um, <laughs> right, so it's pretty. Or like I don't like that one. I'm trying a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you know, I think food is always really that's you know, fun one. That's yeah, fun. yeah, yeah. Do a modern bake off to see Absolutely. You have the best. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> no, seriously. Best like, we'll decide hundreds of years later. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't try the medicine though. Like, we'll, Ooh, we'll, just, yeah. we'll stick to the gingerbread or, you oh, know, yeah, 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 yeah. the compote or whatever. <laughs> That's awesome. So, what, what would your, what would you say your average day is like? Wow. If there is an average day. I was going to say, yes. It sounds, like, it sounds like there's probably not. <laughs> yeah, my average day is not average. Um, although, is yeah, it is great. Yeah. I mean, I work on all kinds of stuff. And, and, you know, some days where you think, oh, I'm just going to get this and this and this done. And then that gets completely blown out of the water and you're like someplace that you never expected to be. Um, so that's cool. Um, I guess the thing with me um, that's consistent... Um, is that I'm in front of my computer much more of the time than I would have ever thought. Um, there are days when I forget to move. I'm just, you know what I mean? I'm just trying to, you know, get, yeah, mm-hmm. and get things done. Um, and every once in a while I swivel around and I look out the window. I'm like, oh, my God, isn't that beautiful out there, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, um, or like the other day there was a baby fawn that was like just, Aww. you know, like coming around the corner. I know. There's so much. Turkeys, groundhogs. One one day the sheep were up there and they were just like, hey, what are you doing? It's like, buddy, you ran away from somebody. Where are you supposed to be? You know? <laughs> um, so that's great. You know, like you're, you're in this beautiful place and, and sometimes you just have to remind yourself to like, Step back for a Step little back, bit. or yeah. yeah. I feel like um, one of those what, um, prairie dogs, right? Where they like stick their little head up out of their hole and go, hey, look at that, you know? <laughs> cool. So, Amy, as you know, we have been working on this project as, you know, undergrad slash grad students. Um, and, you know, it's been an interesting ride for us, so I was hoping, you know, you could give your perspective on your end and how, you know, any other student or any other, you know, person or young historians would be interested in working here in your collections. Great. Yeah, absolutely. So our collections are um, owned and kept for the public, so they are accessible. Um, we do ask that you give people the lead up, whether you're coming to this park or another park. Um, if you write to the curator ahead of time and give them a couple weeks notice and say, I'd really like, I'm doing this research and I'd really like to have access to this part of your collection, I hear you have this, or what might you have that would help me with this um, research question. Um, if you, you know, if you're undertaking some kind of scholarly work, you just write and ask. Um, give them enough lead time, and they'll arrange a time. Um, the 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 hitch is they might, they have to have somebody physically there, right? Because yeah. as you know, when you walk in the back, there has to be somebody with you, or someone has to be here to go and get um, the archival material and, and bring it out. So it's really just matching schedules and be patient. And um, I I would just say this is what I'm doing. How can you help me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think because um, even like on a student side or as a you know normal lay person in the world of history um you know when you think about accessing collections it seems so like disney world magical like it's so 
like out of this world experience or you you're the kind of person who doesn't have the requirements or something to have that kind of access but you know and people don't realize that you know it is open for the public and you know with the NPS it's Mm -hmm. meant to be exactly for everybody yeah it's just like we said it's just controlled access right Right. so you know as you you, you've seen it's locked and coded and there has to be somebody with you but um, you know the and people say to me all the time oh you know yeah your super secret chamber where you know you lock (laughs) things away and never let anybody see stuff it's like no that's couldn't be farther from the truth I mean the reason it's locked and coded is for security so nothing walks off right and so you can maintain environmental control so that you can preserve and protect again um, these really important um, objects or um, archives and so yeah it's just really asking permission you know it's a process absolutely it's not as intimidating as it seems. And not just tooting your horn, Amy, but everyone here has been very nice and helpful. So oh, yeah. It's definitely, because you were relating it to Disney World. I'm not, I don't get scared when I think about going <laughs> to Disney World, but this, I think if you, if you don't know it, it can be a little intimidating, mm-hmm. but really everyone was just so helpful and, yeah. you know, willing to work with us. And I think that would, that would definitely be anyone's experience. Right. Like you said, if you just give people enough notice so that they have the ability to work with you. And I think also on that end, it's like they want you to work on their collections. They want you to mm-hmm. gain like more information so that the park in can use it for for their own you know for their own information to relate to the public. So it's just like it is really like a cycle of mm-hmm. um, a symbiotic right relationship between the researcher and and the park. And I think that's that's just something that people don't realize. It's like it's not supposed to be intimidating because they want you to come and they want you to work and they want you to find out more things that no one has ever thought of or spoken of before. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah, and it, it it we were just talking about this off air, but um, it's. <laughs> It's really wild to think that the research that Lady and I are doing is gonna, you know, kind of end up back here and and, and we're help just the park. We're so young and like <laughs> I think it's it, what's crazy is that like we're you know we are sprouting for lack of a better term historians and you know to think that we're part of a process we're part of the cycle now where we have a little bit of um, perspective and understanding of how it all works and how you know intimidating it may seem it's actually just a really exciting place to be and to be with other people who also believe in the same mission as you to preserve and protect and to just find out more so that more people can understand and can enjoy it as much as we do yeah and I mean I guess just do you have any thoughts because I know you're talking about you know obviously you guys plan for the future a lot do you have any thoughts about how the research that we're doing is gonna affect like the park or the interpretation at all Wow, it's absolutely going to affect the park and the interpretation. Um, you know, a lot of the history here or, um, are based on stories and legends, and um, sometimes, well, um, political agendas even, mm-hmm. right? Like at certain times, you know, in history, there, you know, people have a lens on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we're trying to do now is really step into the 21st century, and that's what you guys are doing, is helping us do that by going back and looking at the original documentation. What do the original documents say? And putting it in a context of um, what do we know now about the 18th century that we, they didn't know in the 1930s because yeah. you know so much has been done in the meantime. And so it's really weeding through, you know, like what do we think we know and what do we know and um, putting it in a much broader context right. um, so that we're more inclusive in our stories, mm-hmm. which is really important. Uh, you know, like 
There were women at the birthplace. There were enslaved at the birthplace. There were enslaved women at the birthplace. There were enslaved children at the birthplace. There were indentured servants. There were, um, you know, uh, Native Americans before um, the Europeans came. So this place is alive, you know, not just right. not just with natural resources, but people, right, and all their stories. And so, you know, you're going to help um, put all those things to the forefront and you know, the documentation that you provide is going to end up in the back, right, With wow. next to all the other volumes of um, things that have been written um, for and by us. And so... That's so cool. Yeah. What an well, honor. So, welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's been an amazing ride. Yeah, really. I mean, I, I know I can speak for both of us just to say we're extremely, extremely grateful. And like I said, everyone's just been so nice and so helpful and mm-hmm. so welcoming, too. Right, yeah. And, um, it's been really fun and it's really, really exciting to work on the project like this. So. Thank you. This podcast was produced by me, Philip Levy, with special thanks to the George Washington Birthplace National Monument, the National Park Service, the Organization of American Historians, the University of South Florida, and the University of Mary Washington.